for Ango practice period, autumn 2020, studying Dogen Zenji's continuous practice. On the great road of Buddha ancestors, there is always unsurpassable practice, continuous and sustained. It forms the circle of the way and is never cut off. Between aspiration, practice, enlightenment, and nirvana, there is not a moment's gap. Continuous practice is the circle of the way. This being so, continuous practice is undivided, not forced by you or others. The power of this continuous practice confirms you as well as others. It means your practice affects the entire earth and the entire sky in the 10 directions. Although not noticed by others or by yourself, it is so. The letting go of Zazen, the continuous practice of letting go. And what does it mean to let go? It can be hard to be a human being. The first noble truth of Buddhism is that we have dukkha, dissatisfaction, stress, that we suffer. We have problems that we want to solve. Um, we have aches and pains. We have frustrations, irritations. Yesterday we talked about some of the hindrances and obstacles, ways that uh, we get in our own way. Uh, and we've been, human beings have been doing that for as long as there have been human beings. When we sit down to practice meditation, we see what the mind is up to, and it's not such a pretty picture. Mm -hmm. As we said before, the busy mind is like a four-year-old with a flashlight. It goes all over the place and it stresses us out. Activity, we see past and future, regrets. I wish I would have, I wish I didn't. Future thinking, here's my plan now. Here's my plan that I have that insight. Fantasies, made up conversations, made up situations. Here's what I would say about that. Blame, they should have, they shouldn't have. Likes and dislikes, I like this, I don't like that. Wants, I want this, I don't want that. Judgments and criticism, good, bad, I'm good, I'm bad, they're good, they are bad. And all these things arise, um, come and go. We notice them in our meditation, we can see what may have been automatic before and just reactive in our everyday. And as we sit down and do the practice, more and more we can see what the mind is up to. Yesterday we talked about the five hindrances. Um, again, human beings <laughs> with their human minds have had similarities. Um, many people expressed that they've experienced these. Um, arising, desires of the senses, 
for comfort, for pain to go away, uh, anger and ill will, the habit of mind of irritation, everywhere from irritation and frustration to fury, restlessness of mind scattered, body fidgeting, just needing to change, want something to be different, sloth and torpor, sleepiness, the listlessness that happens, checking out, or just garden variety boredom, and skeptical doubt. Is this really working? I'm not sure I'm getting what I want. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. And we talked about some of the ways to work. One, just recognizing, and it's a, one just recognizing that one of the hindrances is, is present, that it's, and not believing the thought, not believing what's present, not believing that we need to act on that. There's also the iron triangle of the small self, the inner critic, perfectionist, and pusher. Those habits of mind that, uh, where the perfectionist sets a standard. Here's what continuous practice is. I've got a list. I'm, <laughs> the perfectionist says, here's what, here's what perfect continuous practice would be. Well, let's see, I would be, um, I would be completely aware all the time in this certain way. Um, I would be having this experience. This is what it would feel like. There would be no, of course, there would be no, I wouldn't be in any pain. Um, so perfectionist, here's what perfect continuous practice looks like. Um, the pusher, which is here's all the things that I'm going to do to get to perfection perfection. Here's how I can fix my practice. So it's like even more perfect. And the pusher is interesting because the pusher energy and this, the, the label is like, it's not a thing, but these labels and concepts can be helpful for us to recognize a certain energy when it enters the mind stream. So the pusher is the one who like brings aggressiveness into our practice. Um, uh, where we um, brings tension and not, uh, not the kind of tension that allows us to sit up straight, but the kind of tension that um, becomes stiff. Um, and the, this, the pusher can show up as, uh, as an inner narrator of our practice. It's like, okay, let's do this over here. And now, oh, now we're going, now it's, now you're doing it. Okay, that's good, it's good, it's good. Um, nope, nope, got to do more, you know, and, and of course we, we do need to work with our mind, but there's a way that it moves from bringing the practice back to becoming the mind is sneaky and comes in and says, and it's like, well, I'm not going to, I can't think and have my way in the ordinary way. So let, let's make, let's make this my purview. So I'm going to. I'm going to, I had experienced once of um, a sashin where it was like, I felt like during my meditation practice, like I was on an airplane 
and I was sitting next to somebody and I've sat next to somebody like this where they were like, they're bringing peanuts now. Here come, <laughs> they're bringing Coke now. Now we're starting to land. And just like, they didn't have any opinions or whatever. They just completely described everything that was happening. Um, and so sitting down for, it's like, what is going on? So this is inner narrator. And then there's the critic, which is um, really the perfectionist sets the standard, the pusher kind of is shoving us towards perfection and the inner critic is basically telling us how we were coming up short. It can lead to, it's the critical, inner criticism, outer judgmental, outer judge. And there are many ways to work with the inner critic. Um, we have a workshop um, where we look at different ways to kind of work with it on a, on a conceptual level. And that's really helpful. There are many ways to work with the 99 curves that Aoyama Roshi talked about. The sort of continual practice is not a straight line. And these things arising are part of continual practice, continuous practice. And of course, there's many ways to work with the hindrances, with uh, the iron triangle. Um, there's ways to work with ourselves by, um, you know, of course, processing verbally, talking to a friend, talk therapy, that's very helpful. Uh, um, Aya Kema talked about how working with the hindrances, one of the best ways is to surround yourself with quality people and talk about the Dharma. Um, there's inquiry, like the work of Byron Katie, um, and just looking into thought. Is that thought accurate or am I just reacting? Do I see the whole picture? Uh, I'm responding to this person in a certain way. Is that even, do I even know this person? Um, you're pivoting. What if I gave that person the benefit of the doubt? Um, in the 12 steps um, of recovery, one of the steps is taking a searching and fearless moral inventory of our shortcomings and do that with another person and work on them. So there's many, many ways to work with uh, the arising of thoughts and habits and con conditioning that we have that and and work with them in such a way that we get to know them and uh, perhaps uh, create some space. Um, in session we do, in Sashin, we let go. So hopefully when we get to know, we process and we work with the inner critic, we have uh, things that we really need to work on in talk therapy, um, all of these things are a way of uh, letting go, realizing some of these habits of mine aren't even mine. <laughs> this is, this comes from, this comes from generations of, of, um, this inner critic is probably mm, three or four generations, um, at least. So, but in Sashin, that's not the letting go that we do in Sashin. Sashin is in Zazen. In Sashin, we let go in a different way. We go straight on 99 curves, 
with the continuous practice of Zazen, which is the continuous mysterious unfolding of our life as it is. The continuous practice is letting go. And letting go is continuous practice. And that letting go is letting go into everything. After the opening of his After the opening of his fascicle, Dogen Zenji, well, let's talk a little bit about Sashin. So in Sashin, we create a, a practice container that catalyzes letting go, letting go of personal choice for the schedule. Here at the monastery, letting go of choosing what to eat, letting go of sleep, getting up earlier so we have more time to practice, letting go of interpersonal relating, letting go of the news, letting go of speaking, reading. And those participating online have the challenge of doing this from home. Um, the continual letting go at home, at work, and with caretaking. Dogen Zenji talks about letting go of some of the ancestors. After the opening of his fascicle continuous practice, Gyoji, he spends a lot of time relating stories of Zen ancestors of, as exemplars. So I'll just read a, a, a few of these to give you a sense of, of Dogen Zenji's writing and also uh, what, he mean, what, what he's pointing to with letting go. Hui Nang, who would later become the sixth Chinese ancestor, was a woodcutter who could hardly be called learned. He lost his father when very young and was brought up by his old mother. He worked as a woodcutter to support her. Upon hearing a phrase from a sutra at the crossroads in town, he left his mother and set out in search of Dharma. He was a great vessel, rare for any time, an outstanding practitioner of the way. Separating from his loving mother must have been more difficult than cutting off his own arm. Setting aside his filial obligation was not lightly done. And, and by that, um, really his obligation to take care of his, his, his mother. And so leaving home, that's a big deal in, that's a big deal of filial piety in China, in ancient China. Yun Yun, Yunyan and Dao Wu both studied with Yaoshan. Together they made a vow to study single-mindedly without laying their, si laying their sides on the platform for 40 years. So they didn't lay down for 40 years. Yunyan transmitted the Dharma to Dongshan and would later become great master Wu Ben. Dongshan said, 20 years ago I wanted to be just one piece and I have been engaged in Zazen ever since. Nowadays this statement is widely acclaimed. From the time he was an attendant to Mazu until he died, Ba Zhang, who would later become a Zen master, did not let a single day pass without working for the assembly or for others. He graciously gave us the model of a day of no work is a day of no eating. When Ba Zhang was old, he labored just like those in his prime, in their prime. The assembly was concerned about him, but he did not stop working. 
At last, some students hid the tools from him during the work period. He refused to eat that day, expressing his regret that he could not join the assembly's communal work. This is Bai Zhang's exemplification of a day without, of no work is a day of no eating. The wind of the Rinzai school, which is now widely spread in Song, China, as well as the wind of other schools, wind means the, the essence or the inspiration, represents the continuous practice of Bai Zhang's profound teaching. So reading these, get, you get a sense of Dogen's style and what he's pointing to is important. First of all, this is not about creating kind of a superhuman standard of not lying down for 40 years. These stories, the details are not important. You don't have to go down for, uh, go lying down for 20, without lying down for 20 years. Um, what Dogen is trying to convey is the spirit, the spirit of letting go. There's an ease and joy that can come from letting go of what's extra, trivial. When I first started Zen practice, I let go of the Simpsons, which I watched every Sunday. And uh, yes, could quote prodigiously until 2004. Uh, let go of watching football and other sports. Let go of smoking cigarettes. Let go of schmoozing at work and career climbing. I didn't have time for those things because we were trying to make a temple. All of those things were replaced by the Sangha. So that's a kind of letting go, letting go of extra, those things. And they're replaced by something else. Something else fills that space. So letting go creates room for something else to emerge. Following the precepts is a kind of letting go, letting go of acting self selfishly, self-centeredly, cruelly. Dogen Zenji says, the effect of such sustained practice is sometimes not hidden. Therefore, you aspire to practice. On the other hand, the effect is sometimes not apparent. Therefore, you may not see, hear, or know it. Understand that although it is not revealed, it is not hidden. So the effect of such sustained practice of Zazen, of letting go, the effect is sometimes not hidden, therefore you aspire to practice. We can see the effect of practice on others and on ourselves, and we aspire to practice. We see the effect on ourselves and think, ah, this is working. My life is better. 
I feel better. And then and inevitably, <laughs> um, this is working. I think I'm getting somewhere. Um, We might have had insight or bliss and try to get at it. So this letting go uh, of Zazen, when the continuous, when there's, the mind is just, is tricky. So an insight or, or bliss arise and we try to get it, go get it. Let's see. It was when I was sitting further back on the cushion that it happened. It was definitely an erzafu. Oh, and the wind was blowing in the forest. It was definitely in the morning. Or the opposite. I just can't concentrate. It's hopeless. It would be better if I could be at the monastery. Then I could, then I could practice. So these things are traps. The um, making experience into a solid thing is what the mind does. The mind is used to taking an experience and turning it into an idea, a concept, a story. So a spontaneous arising of knowing can be put, can be turned into a thing that becomes an object that then the small mind perfectionist puts into, um, you know, <laughs> puts arrows and lights and says, here's, here's where we're headed. This is what it is. More of that. And then the cycle starts again. The mind turns this sensory experience into, uh, I don't want that. There's a problem because there's pain. My knee hurts, so therefore, fill in the blank. I have to fix this. And then it elaborates that our coming and going sense experience turns into a whole story about who we are and who other people are. In Sashin, we do the letting go of Zazen over and over again, letting go of our idea 
of who we are, of the hindrances, of awakening, of enlightenment, of what Zazen is, of what the monastery is, of what I am, and sink into the direct experience of our life. Over and over again, moment after moment, experiencing. So instead of sleepiness as it's helpful, it is helpful to say, this is normal. There's the, there, this is normal. There's a hindrance that's called sleepiness. <laughs> that's not a problem. And yet we have to be careful that it doesn't turn into more and more of a, that, well, now it's a problem that needs to be solved. So I need to look at it as separate as opposed to going into the experience. How is this part of my life? What is this? What is sleepiness part of my life? What is the doubt part of my life? What does this anger feel like? There's the story of grief, of losing a parent to grief, but it's nothing like the heaviness in the chest experiencing that. And the story can often be a way to bypass the feeling of what's real about that grief. So Yogan Zenji says about stories, Don't have an idea about yourself. In the continuous practice of the way of Buddha ancestors, do not be concerned about whether you are great or a modest hermit, whether you are brilliant or dull. Just forsake name and gain forever, and don't be bound by myriad conditions. <laughs> I wonder where a great hermit lives in a and a modest hermit lives. Um. <laughs> so these ideas about ourselves and who we are and the practice, not important. Not the truth. Doesn't matter. In the continuous practice of the way of Buddha ancestors, do not be concerned about the appearances doesn't matter, brilliant or dull, understand the chance or don't understand the chance, understand the Taisho or don't understand the Taisho, doesn't matter. Just forsake name and gain forever and don't be bound by myriad conditions. And then ideas about do not waste the passing time, just do it. Just do the practice. Brush off the fire on top of your head. Do not wait for great enlightenment, as great enlightenment is the tea and rice of daily activity. Do not wish for beyond enlightenment, as beyond enlightenment is a jewel concealed in your hair. So don't have ideas about your practice or enlightenment or what it ought to look like. I like how he just says, you know what? Great enlightenment is the tea and rice of daily activity. 
completely ordinary. Don't worry about it. Beyond enlightenment, beyond enlightenment is a jewel concealed in your hair. It's like right there. Dogen goes on to say, if you have a home, leave your home. If you have beloved ones, leave them. If you have fame, abandon it. If you have gain, escape from it. If you have fields, get rid of them. If you have relatives, separate from them. If you don't have name and gain, stay away from them. Why should you not remain free from them while those who already have name and gain need to give them up? This is the single track of continuous practice. If you have a home, leave your home. If you have beloved ones, leave them. If you have fame, abandon it. If you have gain, escape from it. If you have fields, get rid of them. If you have relatives, separate from them. If you don't have name and gain, stay away from them. What is Dogen talking about here? He's not talking about chucking it all and abandoning our family, our friends, our commitments. Dogen is talking to something more fundamental than that. Dogen is talking, this is the spirit of setting aside our cherished thoughts and ideas, opinions, obsessions, whatever they are. I'm terrible, I'm right. It's letting go of the small self. Dogen is talking about letting go of the small self. So how do we do that? How do we let go of the small self? How do we abandon our fields? How do we, how do we set aside all of this? How do we let go in Zazen? The way that we let go in Zazen is to return to presence over and over and over again. Abide in the not knowing, not knowing how practice is going, not knowing good or bad, not knowing the hindrances, not, go, not, not knowing, in other words, by not having collapsing into concept, collapsing into story. The more we return to presence, the more quiet, spacious mind is our home. We're going to leave the home of our ideas about ourselves that we've constructed our whole life or that others have imposed on us and abide in the home of the present moment, abide in quiet, spacious mind, our true home. In Zazen, we let go through moment by moment presence, feeling the body sitting as it sits and breathes.
all the way to the bottom, over and over again, moment by moment, experiencing awareness of the breath all the way to the bottom, the pause in between, staying with the pause, and then the in-breath. Where does it come from? It merges. Where does it come from? So as our, as our practice, as we practice longer, more and more during the Sashin, we're invited to get closer and closer and closer to what we're experiencing, more and more intimate with the experience, feeling the breath all the way, feeling the body completely, the whole body breathing, supported by the earth, made up of nothing but sound and sensations. An idea of practice comes up, throw it away, get closer. Get curious. Who is it that feels this? Who is it that hears this? Who is seeing this? More and more intimate, closer, closer, closer. If you're, if, if boredom comes, get closer. Sensations come, get closer. It's all an invitation, more and more intimate. And the curiosity comes from not knowing. What is this? Letting go in Zazen is by feeling completely. Letting go so completely is not so that there's nothing. When we let go, the letting go of continuous practice, when we let go, there's everything. Dogen Zenji says about this. There is everything. Because of this practice, there are the sun, the moon, and stars. Because of this practice, there are the great earth and the open sky. Because of this practice, there are the body, mind, and their environs. Because of this practice, there are the four elements and the five skandhas. Continuous practice is not necessarily something people in the world love, but it should be the true place of return, the true home for everyone. Because of this, the continuous practice of all Buddhas, past, present, and future, and all the Buddhas sitting here in this room and in this sashin, all Buddhas of past, present, and future are actualized. So please continue to practice letting go, letting go, becoming, and the letting go of present getting closer and closer and closer. When we let go, this letting go of continuous practice, it's not that there's nothing, there's everything, the moon, star, skies, and just this life. Thank you.